0: welcome to our In The Zone podcast on biotherapeutic drug metabolism. I am Georgie Macon, editor of Bioanalysis Zone, and I am joined today by Kevin Ray from Millipore Sigma to discuss his experiences working in the field of large molecule drug metabolism. To start with Kevin, would you be able to introduce yourself and explain what began your interest in biotherapeutic drug metabolism?
1: Yeah. Hi, my name's Kevin Ray. I'm an R&D manager uh, in analytical R&D at Millipore Sigma. And I've been interested in uh, characterizing biopharmaceuticals for quite some time, particularly using uh, the techniques of mass spectrometry. And then recently I started getting interested in using those techniques to study metabolism and biotransformation of large molecules using mass spectrometry and and in particular developing tools to help those in the industry do these procedures and techniques better.
0: Great, thank you. Would you be able to describe your current research focuses?
1: Primarily, we're working on a few things again to streamline uh, these techniques. So, some of which uh, have to do with the preparation of ideal internal standards. So, all uh, analytical assays benefit from you know having an internal standard present, and, and an ideal internal standard wouldn't be you know wouldn't already be there in in the sample of interest. It would be very similar to the properties of the target analyte and, and it would be introduced very early in the analytical procedure. So these are all things that are standard practice for small molecule LCMS but generally haven't been practiced for large molecule LCMS. So one of the things that we introduced a few years ago is uh, methodologies to economically commercialize stable isotope labeled Proteins and antibodies that could be used as more ideal internal standards and introduced at the beginning of an analytical procedure and therefore take care of all the variability that's associated prior to the LCMS.
0: That's really interesting. Would you be able to describe the techniques you use to characterize biotherapeutic drug metabolism in more detail?
1: Yeah. So again, primarily what we're focusing on is using LCMS to do these. So historically, uh, LISA and ligand binding assays have been uh, the dominant technology. And th- those are great for the sensitivity and throughput and, and particularly the easy sample preparation and ease of conducting those assays. But the problem with those technologies is they take a very long time to develop what are known as assay-specific reagents. And they're fairly poorly standardized between laboratories. That again, maybe independently develop the these uh, assay-specific reagents. LCMS, on the other hand, you know, does provide very high selectivity. It's very fast to develop assays and uh, multiplex them. So, you know, those are the reasons that we're interested in applying that technology. Uh, the downsides have been that you know, there's extensive sample prep usually involved, and again, we talked about frequently that the ideal internal standards might not have been available. So what we've been doing is um, developing these fully labeled internal standards, whether proteins or monoclonal antibodies, and also sample preparation techniques to really streamline and, and make easier these. So recently, we introduced a uh, a 96 well plate-based immunoaffinity enrichment device, and so this really helps combine the best of both worlds. So you can get now the sensitivity benefits that you might have gotten from an ELISA assay, but and now combining that with the selectivity of LCMS, and further getting the uh, back to the simplicity of the sample prep that the uh, ELISA initially brought.
0: Thank you. You've touched on the advantages of LCMS, but would you be able to explain the advantages and disadvantages of the techniques you utilise a little further?
1: And the advantages, I think, have been made evident so far, you know, in terms of sensitivity and the selectivity and the ease of use and the um, the incorporating a fully labelled internal standard, helping to reduce the variability of all those disadvantages uh, perhaps there are still some and, and and continuing challenges as well so you know those those really still have to do with the fact that you know LCMS instrumentation is still an expensive piece of equipment so there's a, there's a you know a, a fair bit of capital expense up front the uh, that has to be offset by you know fully utilizing these again i think uh we and others that are you know trying to streamline the sample prep and uh say the make more efficient the chromatography associated with these techniques will will make that easier to offset those types of instrumentations but i think that's a that's one continued disadvantage or challenge the uh the other is that you know we talk about these Fully labeled internal standards, but those certainly aren't available for every molecule of interest yet, right? So the, uh, for some time, the field will, will be continuing to, uh, have to rely on less than ideal internal standards, perhaps, you know, these stable isotope labeled peptides for internal standardization or analog molecules that can be used to try to, uh, represent the analyte while industries like ours and others, you know, try to make more readily available a full suite of stable um, isotope labeled proteins and antibodies that would be of interest.
0: Thank you, Kevin. Could you describe the main challenges that you face?
1: Yeah. Again, I, I would say the techniques like the plate based uh, immunoaffinity affinity LCMS sample prep are streamlining, making easier the sample prep, but still there are, this is a challenging aspect of this area, is uh, being able to get reproducible, precise, and accurate results for, you know, a, a quite complicated sample preparation that, that combines immunoaffinity along with, you know, tryptic digestion or, per, you know, perhaps other pre-analytical steps. The, uh, the, these are still an area of, of challenge for the field.
0: And looking now to the future, where do you hope the field will be in 5 to 10 years' time?
1: I think what we're going to see in that amount of time is, again, a a much broader portfolio of full stable isotope-labeled molecules uh, for proteins and antibodies. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more uh, automation of these uh, sample preparations. Again, uh, whether that's built around devices like our ImmunoAffinity capture plate and and kit that we're building out, as well as, you know, you'll probably start to see fully on board sample prep where, you know, it starts to look more like a clinical ELISA type device where samples comes in, all the processing is done on board, behind a box, if you will, and uh, essentially analytical results come out the other end. So uh, clearly people are starting to launch these types of, you know, automated devices now. And uh, we see lots of interest from customers in automation to, again, try to address some of those challenges we talked about associated with the sample preparation.
0: And finally, what do you think the future holds for the role of drug metabolism in drug discovery studies?
1: Again, I I think we're going to start to see a lot more uh, utilization of mass spectrometry techniques to support these areas, particularly around large molecules. Again, this is already dominant technology in the support of uh, small molecule drug discovery and development. Um, And I think the, the role of mass spectrometry is going to continue to expand into this field again, for whether that's preclinical PK or biotransformation or even you know antibody drug conjugate studies. So all, all of these are very active fields right now in this area. So I, I think we're going to see that, uh, that role continue.
0: Thank you for listening to this Bioanalysis Zone podcast. And thank you to Kevin for joining me. You can find out more about drug metabolism on our website at www.bioanalysis-zone.com or you can join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. That's all from us. Thank you and goodbye.